0: Thank you for joining Women Inseparable for the study in His likeness. May we grow in our ability to see others and ourselves in His likeness. Here's author and speaker, Jacqueline Palmer. Today we're going to talk about woman. Woman created in the likeness of God. If I can ask you sometime this week, spend time in Genesis 3. He said, I've read Genesis 3, I could quote Genesis 3. I taught children Genesis 3 for decades. Will you do me a favor and read Genesis 3 as if you've never read it before? Read Genesis 3, and as you read Genesis 3, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. Look for the word life, for that's the very name of Eve. Read Genesis 3 for the very first time, as if it's the very first time. Today we're going to look at one story of woman. We looked at the story of Zacchaeus, man, and I don't know if you had time in Scripture this week to look over a different story in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John about a man encountering, encountering Jesus and if you were able to do some evaluation of what that man created in the likeness of man in the sinful flesh in the presence of Jesus who was in the image of the sinful flesh, which is fascinating to me but created in the likeness of God what did that encounter look like as you studied today we're going to see what it looks like to see Jesus that is in the likeness of the sinful flesh but made in the likeness of God encounter a woman And we're gonna do that. There's a couple of stories throughout the gospels. I'm gonna look at just one, the one that was been on my heart over the study. Will you spend time with this chapter this week and look for more encounters with Jesus in the flesh and a woman and see what those encounters look like. See how Jesus responds to woman, to female. There is a difference, isn't there? There's a difference, and there ought to be a difference. There always has been a difference. There always will be a difference. Man, Adam, was created as male. His very name is humanity. Eve, woman, was created as female. Her very name means life. When God first created Adam and Eve, He created humanity and life, and there was zero separation zero separation. They were together created in the likeness of God. That's a powerful sentence. Nothing separated Adam and Eve, nothing. Almost as if they were the exact representation of our Godhead where there is zero separation. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, zero separation, complete and utter unity mixed together in one. No line drawn. That is how Adam and Eve were created. Nothing separated them. Do you imagine that marriage where there's zero separation between you and your husband? your thoughts, your emotions, your plans, your dreams, your movements, your sittings, your everything was in perfect and complete unity as if you are the perfect representation of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. That is what God created when God created humanity and God created life and called them male and female in his likeness. That's who God created. It's powerful. It's beautiful and then sin. And it's interesting how Satan hated woman and demonstrated his hatred toward women more than he showed his hatred to man. He went directly to woman. In that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I lay your very word before your throne and ask you that you open it and that you speak it and that you wash it brand new over us as women today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that all of our quips and our statements and our fights and our, our contrary emotions within our souls will be completely set aside. I pray thoughts of society will can be completely silenced and set aside today. I pray culture will not bring space into dialogue today. I pray Satan is completely and utterly removed from this room, from our hearts, from our minds in the name of Jesus. This is my prayer over the women in this room and the women of women inseparable worldwide. I pray the removal of Satan in our thoughts and in his disdain to us in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray protection over our women. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will unite our hearts together and complete another unity with you for you have created us in your likeness. I pray that you will open our eyes to see what that looks like. Father God, open up our hearts so that we know what that feels like and open up our ears so that we can hear what your love and what your design as us as women created in your likeness is female. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us to, to know, to hear the truth that Jesus came to proclaim for in Jesus there is the way there is truth and in Jesus there is life once again in us as women now in the name of Jesus Christ I pray and ask for your word so fully amen John spend time in Genesis 3 this week however today we're going to start with two verses in John um, chapter 14. And then we're going to move over to John chapter 3. John chapter 14, and then we're going to go over... I said John chapter 3 just now, but I meant John chapter 4. Huh, sometimes I do that. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and verse number 4, there's a dialogue going on between Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus says some beautiful, beautiful words. I encourage you always read the full dialogue, the full context when you get home after our studies, read all of John 14 and go into 15, cause 15 is powerful. And after our study today, John 15 is going to seal an amazing truth over your heart, an amazing truth over your heart. So spend some time in 14 and 15, but jumping right into the middle of the conversation Jesus has with the disciples in verse number four, Jesus says, and you know the way, you know the way to where I am going. That's not a question. It's not an evaluation. It's a fact that he says to his disciples, the very followers of Jesus Christ, he says, you do already, you know the way to where I am going. But Thomas, and this is where Thomas gets his reputation in today's society. However, it's an innocent question. Thomas says to him, Lord, Lord, we do not. We do not know where you are going. So therefore, how can we know the way? Have you ever asked Jesus a question and other people heard you're asking Jesus a question and they judge you? Have you ever been judged for your conversation that you had in the privacy with your father? Don't, don't spend time with that. Focus on your conversation with Jesus. Don't let others get in the way of your dialogue. Thomas asks Jesus a question, which I love how comfortable Thomas was to ask that question. Sometimes we get alone with our Jesus, don't we? And we want to say things so desperately, but we don't know how to say them because what if, what if I say it wrong? What if I don't pray correctly? What if I use the wrong words? What if God knows how I really feel? So we hold our words back. Can I break that for a second? He knows, he knows, he knows. John 3 says that he knows, Jesus knows what's in man. Jesus knows. There are no rules in prayer, none. The only rule, the only rule in prayer is what Jesus is saying in this conversation. Look at what the one rule of prayer is. Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where we're going. How can we know the way? Jesus says to him, Jesus says, I, I, I am the answer. Jesus says, I am the answer. Jesus is always the answer. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And there's a period there. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, except through me. No one can pray to the Father, except through me. No one can know the way to the Father, except by me. No one can know truth of the Father, except through me. No one can know life, and what life exactly means from the Father, designed by the Father, and the likeness of the Father. Nobody can know what life is, except through me. You want to know what the one rule for prayer is? The one rule of conversation with you and the father? It's knowing who Jesus Christ is. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ is the way he's the truth. He is the life. He is the only, only entrance into heaven. And that life begins today. We know that God so loved the world, don't we? We know that we know that God loved the world. And we know that God loved the world so much that he gave the very way, the very truth and the very life. And we know that when we believe in Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the grave, we know that we will not perish. Do we know that? And if we know that we will not perish, then that means we know that John three sixteen concludes with our forever truth that when we believe that God loved us so much that he gave his only son, that we will have eternal, what? Life. Jesus says, I am that life. I am that life. Woman, we were created in the very image of God. In his likeness, God created us female. We were created life. Life is in us. That's a powerhouse sentence. That is a powerhouse sentence. And can I erase the, any, anything that came through my any heads that said, but I can't produce life. I can't, I can't give birth. I've messed up as a woman. Anybody in this room had that thought before? I'm created as a woman. I'm supposed to be able to give life. My body is supposed to know how to do this pregnancy thing, but it can't figure it out. I have failed as a woman as life. Anybody else in this room had that thought? I have one son that I have been able to watch grow from creation to his 16, almost 17 years of life. Past him, my body quit. It would get pregnant, and then it couldn't produce life. And every time I lost a pregnancy, every time I lost a pregnancy, I would battle with thoughts that I know came from Satan, but those thoughts were, you are a woman created to produce life and you can't do it, you are a failure. Every time, five times, every time. We are women, we are created to life and to give life and to hold life and to sustain life. We are our very name, our very creation, the likeness of God is life in his image. Can I say right now that that is not only in the role of motherhood, that is in the role of existence. It's in the role of existence. Your very existence is the very life of God's creation. What would happen if we viewed ourselves like that? I am woman. Okay, got that, check. I am created in the likeness of God. Okay, we're on week, whatever week we are, I have no idea. I don't know, six? Sure, we'll go with six. Thank you for those who know things. We've studied now, six weeks of what it means to be created in the likeness of God. And I'm wrapping my head around that. So I'm getting that, I'm gonna get a check mark next to that. I am woman created in the likeness of God in his image God created me female. I understand those words. I am a woman, I am created in the very life, but life got ruined when sin came in. So what does that look like today? It's a good question. What does that look like today? We know what it looked like in Eve's life. It looked like perfection There was no separation, no separation. It was perfect, and then sin. And you'll see when you look in Genesis 3, and if you are bored and you have more time, peek into Genesis 4 as well. Always peek into the following chapter, just do it. Genesis 3 and Genesis 4 have the same sentence, and it talks about contrary. There's something contrary that happens in Eve in her curse. And there's something contrary that happens in her son when he wants to murder his brother. It's the same word. It's the same description. It's the same heart. Do you know what that heart is? It's the seed of evil. It's the presence of sin. So in Eve, for the very first time in life, in the creation of life, there was a contrary battle that was happening within. Does anybody in this room know what that contrary battle feels like? Ever been there? Saying, I know what that seed of evil feels like, and I know what the seed of God feels like, and it just is Romans seven within our soul. James three, going into James four, talks about this as well. Powerful, powerful contrast on how to manage it and how to control it. That's a whole nother study that you can do on your own when you went to. We as women created as life have an opportunity to rise that. When we understand we are women created in the likeness of God to show forth the life of zero separation from God, what does that look like in you today? It's a good question. I pray that we'll all ask that question and that we'll receive the answer. Have you ever asked God for, for something but you don't know how to receive it? God, I'm asking you and I'm trusting you to give it to me and I'm gonna be brave enough to receive it. Sometimes it's hard to receive good, isn't it? We're so used to receiving bad. We're so used to hearing bad and getting bad and wearing bad that when something good comes our way, we're like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like. Just open your hands, take it, take it. John 14, Thomas asks a very vulnerable question and Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am life. No one comes to the father except through me. He demonstrated this exact thing and had this exact conversation in such a sweet, sweet manner with one particular woman. And he does this with multiple women. And I ask that you look for the different situations in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And just as you're on your natural reading, look for dialogue between Jesus in the flesh and a woman. Look look for them, they're fun, they're sweet. They're a sweet encounter every single time. God has a heart for women. Can I say that again? God has a heart for women. He has such a heart for you. He understands you. I heard a woman once say, I know Jesus understands what a man feels like because he put on the man, but he has no idea what I'm going through. Can I tell you right now, God is your creator. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is indwelling within you as a believer of Jesus Christ. Jesus understands your pain. He understands your sorrow. He understands the depth of your emotions. Jesus loves you. God has a heart for women. Just because culture throughout generations, not just ours, but cultures throughout generations, cultures throughout our world, show a hatred to women. Isn't that interesting? I think there's a reason why. It's life. It's life. Satan hates life. The world itself, the sin and the evil in the world hates life. Why? Because life produces fruit and it's joy, and it's peace, and it's purpose, and it's powerful, and it's beautiful, and it's soft, and it's welcoming, and it's home, and it's everything brilliant, and everything beautiful. It's you. And yet cultures hate it. Satan hates it. Sin is craving at Death wants at The grave is fighting for us. There's a lion that is seeking after us always. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life woman, set your eyes on me. Set your eyes on me. Here's what happens in John chapter four. John chapter four, I have a feeling this might not be a completely new encounter for many of us i have a feeling some of us have read this story at least once some of us may be very very familiar with this encounter can i do the same thing that i can i ask the same thing i always ask and pretend you've never read john 4 before never have you ever heard of a town called samaria never have you ever heard of a woman standing beside a well You have no idea about anything that's happening in John chapter four, got it? That's where we are. So for the very first time, my sweet friends, can you join me in John chapter four? John chapter four, let's start in verse seven, when we see the woman enter onto the scene. Verse seven, it says, a a woman from Samaria came to draw water If you've never heard that sentence before, what question would you be asking in your head? If there's a question in your head, can you write that down on your notes? It's a good question. There's a lot of good questions. There is a woman created in the likeness of God, filled with the seed of evil from Samaria, a town with a very bad reputation, distant and separated from the Jewish nation, from the children called by God, came to a well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And I love when I read the book of John, John inserts uh, parentheses often and his parentheses are always like 20, 20 in sight. It's like, he's, he's like a preacher that says, here's the point, I'm gonna come over here and now I'm back at the point. Our my preacher Steve Crane of Eagle Christian Church, he he's on target. The into every word is around that target. There's some preachers out there that are like, I've got the target. The target is Jesus is the answer. But I'm going to tell you some side information too. And there's little side trails. That's John. John has always given little side trails, and I love his insight that he pops in. But he says this, this little insight. His disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, which he's saying to us as readers, there's Jesus alone with a woman by a well. Culturally, that's not normal. You've got a Jew and a Samaritan alone. Culturally, it's not normal. There's nothing comfortable there. Picture being a woman from a bad location and you're in the middle of nowhere and there's a man who is made in the image of sinful flesh. Any emotions going through you? Any thoughts, any feelings, any, uh, this is what's happening. There's a woman and there is a man. This woman has no idea what man is standing in front of her. All she sees is through the eyes of a woman who's created in the image of God, but filled with seed of evil, looking at a man who looks like every other man, dressed in human flesh, filled with the seed of evil, as far as she knows. This is where she is. This is what's happening. Verse nine says, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? It's a very honest statement. It's a very truth-filled statement, a good question. John adds a little bit of detail and says, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. That is a specific sentence for us as readers. Sometimes when we read questions or read sentences, we have questions like, well, why is it a big deal for a Samaritan to give water to a Jew? Or why is it a big deal for a Jew to ask for water from a Samaritan? John answers that question for us and says, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. There is a complete line of separation, complete line of separation. Between the Jew and the Samaritan line drawn. Don't cross that line. Jesus answered her and said, If you, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God. Sweet friend who knows John 3:16, do you know the gift of God? This Samaritan woman is sitting here and listening to this Jew dressed in the sinful flesh, saying the words, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him for water and he would have given you living water. says, if you had any idea who you were talking to, if you had any idea who I was, you would know that I would be able to replenish within you the way you were created to be. It's a huge Huge sentence, especially coming from the very creator of life. He says I could replenish the the very living water within you as a woman. Verse eleven says the woman said to him, "Sir, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Do you see how she's looking at things through earthly vision, and he's looking through things through heavenly vision? It's a totally different." way of looking and thinking. Are you greater than our father Jacob, is her question. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and as did his livestock. It's how it's always been. It's the same source we've ever g- always gone to. It's the same well in which has provided provision for our life. Our animals are everything forever. As long as we have known it, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty. Again, what, what has been will always be. What you're used to will always be. There's going to be no difference but me. I have come to change what you knew into what it can be. If it's not for my living water, the water is never going to satisfy. What has been, what religion was, what life was, what source was, is not going to fulfill you. And you're always going to go back to the same well, to the same water, to the same everything. And you're going to be just as thirsty every time. You're going to be just as thirsty. There's going to be nothing new, nothing new. Hear that as a woman for the first time. Can you hear that for the first time? You're sitting there and you're thinking, you're like, Jesus, I I know I've got questions. I've got questions. And Jesus says, you keep going back. You keep going back to the same religion. You keep going back to the same well. You keep going back to the same water that is not going to satisfy you. That is not going to quench your thirst. That's not going to do anything for you. It's just going to give you a swallow and then you're done and you're gonna wanna go back. And we, as women, always do go back. We want to go back because it's what's comfortable. It's what we know. We know what to expect. Have you ever been there? Like, I don't know why. I don't know why I keep going back to him. I don't know why I keep going back to that. I don't know why I keep letting this emotion control me. I don't know why I keep going back. I don't know why. I don't know why Jesus says it's because it's all you know, but I know more. I know the way, I know truth, and I know what you were created to be, come to me. And when you come to me, I will give you living water, brand new, in a way you've never known. Do you remember that day you received Jesus as your savior? Do you remember that day? Something brand new happened within you, woman, as life. Life happened new in you. Look at what scripture says. Let's go down to verse 16. Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. Simple command. 17, she says, the woman answered him. I I have no husband. And I love the respect in which Jesus answers her. He says, go get your husband and come back. We'll talk some more. She says, I don't have a husband. He said to her, you are right. You are right. You're telling the truth. That a powerful response. You're right in what you are saying. I hear that you're saying you have no husband, but I know even more. I know your heart. I know your truth. I know the emotions that are going with that one truth that you expressed. You said with your words, I have no husband. But the depth of what you're saying is you have had five husbands. And the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said, what you have said is true. Do you hear Jesus saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know what Jesus is saying? I know you and I know your truth. I know your truth. I know your truth and I know more than your truth because I know the truth in which you are created to be. I know the truth in which you are existing and I know the truth of what you can be in me. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I love that Jesus didn't come to her and say, you're lying to me. You're not telling me your whole story. You're leaving out the details, my dear. He says, you're telling the truth. I know what you're saying but I'm hearing even more. I'm hearing the depths of your truth. Let me tell you, sweet daughter, what I know about you. And I know this and this and this and this. And she looks at him and says, I think, I think you're a prophet. (laughs) And as a prophet, can I ask you a question? This woman is a thinker. This woman's a thinker. She already referred to herself as um, a recipient of the Jewish genealogy saying our father Jacob gave this well to his son Joseph. This is where our family has always gone. I know I'm a Samaritan but I also know because how does she know? She's some type of a thinker. She knows that she's still in the line of heritage somewhere because the father Jacob provided the well for her people. It's where the Samaritans go for water. So she knows that there might be separation on earth. Culture says culture can't get along, but she says there's something missing because I know that I'm coming from the same source of water, that well that goes from Jacob from the Old Testament, from father Abraham where the Jews reside from There's some, it's the same, but it's different. There's a lot. Do you see what I'm saying? She's got questions. And as soon as the door opened with Jesus in the flesh, she says, okay, I think you're a prophet. You just, you just called out my story. I have a question for you. And she talks about worshiping God. It's a good question. As if that question has been burning within her soul, as if she's been looking for answers deep within her soul. She's got a truth that she's hungry for. She says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem, you as a Jew, say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Something's not sitting right in my head. Jesus said to her, woman, sweet creation of mine, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, Nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Neither place. He says, you worship what you do not know. But we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. Listen to what he says in verse 23. He says, your culture as a Samaritan knows that if you want to worship, you go to this mountain. Because that's what culture says for you to do. Jews worship go to Jerusalem because that's what culture tells them to do. And we do that because we know that Jesus is coming. So we do that. Jesus says, but the hour is coming and the hour is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Do you hear Jesus in John 14, six, I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the father, but by me, he says, the hour is now come when the true worshipers, whether you are from this culture or whether you are from that culture, the hour is now that whoever worships the father Will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him, as if John 316 slips so perfectly into this passage. He says, God is spirit, and those who worship God the Father must worship him in his likeness. You want to, woman, worship your father. You want to worship God. You need to worship God as a spirit. You need to worship God new. That living water must be in you. The existence of your creation as life must be in you. You must know who you are in his likeness. You are a woman, you are female, you are life. God came, sent his son to come so that you will have life and have life abundantly. Where does this life come from? Where does it shine from? It shines from you. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the life and that life is the light of man. And Jesus comes to give woman the living water so that she can come back and start restoring life to what she knows. How do we do that? How do we as women receive this living water so that other people can, produ- can get life from us? This is not talking to moms and children. This is not talking to wives and their husbands. This is talking to woman. It's talking to woman. You are the producer of the living water. Life comes from us. Life comes from us. Sometimes we as women want to be so busy, so busy doing all our things. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give you life abundantly. And he replenishes his living water, the concept of his living water through woman. And I love, I love what this woman does and what Jesus does through this woman. He turns the entire town right side up. We talked last week about the power of the tongue, especially the tongue inside of a woman. Jesus went and found a woman who has quite the reputation, quite the reputation. And when you finish John 14 this week, I'm sorry, when you finish John 4 and 14, but in John 4, you're going to see this woman go home, go to her town, go to her people, and she's not going to blurt an entire story. She's going to say one sentence. And then she's going to ask one question. She says, he knew everything. He knew everything. And he didn't, she didn't have to go to her people and say, this is what I did. The people knew. The town knew this woman. She went home, and she says, he told me everything. And then she asks a question. And this, my friend, is what our generation needs us to do, ask this question say, how do I tell this culture the truth? You don't. You ask them a question. May this be the question we ask our generation, our culture that's battling the creation of man, the design of woman. Her question was, could this be Jesus? Could this be the Christ? If anybody asks you, what's different about you? Why are you changed? What's new? Why do you do? Instead of saying the answer is Jesus, I have the answer, that makes them think, well, that's your answer. I need to go find my answer. What if you ask them a question? Could it be Jesus? And then don't say anything else. That's a good thought process. And you woman just produced life. She went and produced life to a town that was torn apart through separation. We together are women inseparable. We stand on the very fact that God sent his son to be the savior of the world. We stand together and say, I believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, to separate me from my sin and to rise me life new. This is where we stand as women, as women inseparable from the love of God. That line of separation that came because the seed of evil is gone. It's gone. We as women have the opportunity to shine that. Shine that through our words, shine that through our life, shine that around the world around us. Could it be Jesus? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll be with this word. I pray that you'll be with your passage. I pray that you'll be with your truth. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak upon our hearts that we need to hear. I pray that you will grow us as women, grow us as, as our existence, is life. Father God, it's so hard when we're surrounded by a world of darkness, a world of, a world of sin, a world of death. Father God, you've created us as life. I pray that we'll stand in that, that we'll ponder that before we speak, that we'll ponder that before we move, that we'll ponder that before we sit, that we'll ponder that before our day begins, that we are life. It's our very creation, created in the very likeness of God. I pray that we will stand strong in who we are. Help us to stand strong in Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, I pray that we'll stand strong in your presence in us. May we glorify you in our very creation. We thank you for creating us in your likeness. In your likeness, thank you for creating us female. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. We're so glad you joined us today If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.